0: Today on Locked On Blue Jackets we've got another prospect profile or a revisit of a prospect profile we're talking to Tony Ferrari about Frank Nazar, who uh, is looking more and more like he would look really good in a Blue Jackets uniform that's coming today on Locked On Blue Jackets your Locked On Blue Jackets your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day Hello and welcome to Locked on Blue Jacket. We're part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster. And I am excited to be here with you on this wonderful Saturday. Well, it's an evening for me, so it's probably late afternoon for you. But uh, thank you for making this your first listen or your second listen or whatever listen of the day. We're also on YouTube. We are free and available and uh, we always will be. You will never have to pay to consume a locked-on product, so uh, make sure you are liking and subscribing because I appreciate it. Um, so today I am kind of under the weather, so I will be bringing you a, uh, a feed drop, I guess, or a revisit. Um, I will be posting to YouTube the conversation that I had with Tony Ferrari of uh well, you know Tony Ferrari, he's everywhere, he does his prospect work over at thehockeywriters.com and uh, we've had some really good conversations in the past, we had a really good conversation uh, a couple of weeks ago about Ken Johnson. Uh, this was a conversation that took place at the beginning of February about one of the draft prospects that I'm the most excited about, uh, and that is Frank Nazar. So I'm going to be starting to put these up on the YouTube kind of, maybe what like, a couple on a weekend or some bonus episodes throughout the week depending on on how it works um so uh, that's that's the plan for today uh, i was going to do a breakdown of last night's game but my voice is uh already struggling and i am two minutes into this recording so we're not going to do that that'll be monday's episode uh today we're going to be doing uh the conversation with tony so i will uh i'll just jump right into that so we are back with our uh, February draft profiles. Uh, we've done a couple of them already, and uh, we've got some more for you today. Uh, I am joined by Jared Brown of uh, Draft Pro Hockey. Uh, how's it going, Jared? I'm
1: doing pretty well. How about yourself?
0: Oh, pretty good, pretty good. I feel like I've been looking at draft profiles for like 12 hours straight. So uh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we, can, we can learn something new about... Uh, about these prospects. So uh, today uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about Frank Nazar because this is a name that I hadn't really heard until I started kind of really looking into kind of the the kind of five to fifteen range of, uh, mm-hmm. of prospects. But I I'm hearing really good things about him. So what can you tell me? Kind of just like an initial uh, like overview of uh, Frank Nazar and kind of his game.
1: Well, I think um, it started from his rookie seat. We're not rookie season, but his uh, his um, season last year with the under 17 uh, squad with the uh, United States national team development program um, where he was uh, around a point a game. He was lights out. uh, He looked very much like a promising uh, first round talent. But I think the difference we're seeing this year is he's elevating, elevating his game. Really towards the point where he is the he can be a play driver. It's it's hard to say he is the play driver for his line because he does play on a line with Logan Cooley for um, the under eighteen squad uh, for for United States. Um, but he, regardless, he can drive the play himself, and a lot of that is due to his inside lane attack kind of mentality. You know, one thing that I always get. I focus on a lot with prospects is if they get glued to the outside, if they get glued to the wall and the perimeter Um, in the NHL, you're going to have to find ways to get the puck into the inside, whether that's moving the puck uh, off your stick or uh, moving it with your feet. And I think that's what Nazar really brings to the table more than um, maybe he's up there with a select few in this upcoming draft class. I find where he can really attack traffic um, and he's not afraid to he's 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 got the quick skilled hands to kind of take the puck and deke underneath the defender sticks or through their feet and uh, he kind of can make something out of nothing just based off of his skill his uh, middle ice kind of attack mentality and that's what makes him a very intriguing prospect and why he has started to rise in in many rankings and main reason why he's ri- he's uh, risen in our latest rankings
0: does he have like a, a an nhl comparable just again for people who you know don't really follow prospects but they want to kind of get excited like is there anyone who who you can look at in the nhl now and think oh yeah that's maybe the kind of player that that Nzar could mm-hmm. be
1: I would probably say the closest comparable just by watching him is Winnipeg Jets forward Nikolaj uh, Ehlers. Um, I think they're both very quick, very shifty and agile. Um, Ehlers is um, more of a burner and a faster skater. Nazar could get to that, but he, um, he does need to improve his first step a little bit. Um, to get up to that top speed. But once he does get up to his top speed, he can really fly with the puck through the neutral zone and in transition, pretty much what Ehlers can do. And, you know, Ealers like Nazar, loves to attack one-on-one. And they, they both have that uh, talented skill set to to be able to get through uh, defenders and attack them and uh, make them look silly. And I think that's who Nazar probably um, represents or, or is a comparable to in the NHL and also they're both very much highly competitive forwards especially when you see them on the four check so um, when when you're drafting Nazar um, I think fans can uh, hope
0: for uh, a bit of a, a Nikolai Ehlers kind of player. I mean I I wouldn't be mad about having Nikolai Ehlers on my team so uh, that <laughs> uh, that bodes well um, we kind of talked a little bit before before recording about how you think he could go top ten, mm-hmm. and kind of looking at the looking at the um, kind of the consolidated rankings, mm-hmm. uh, the scouts have kind of got it ra- ranked somewhere between like sixth and eighteenth. But where where would you kind of in an in an ideal world where would you kind of draft him? Because the Blue Jackets have got two first round draft picks that are probably going to yep. be top 15 so uh it could it could go really well in this draft
1: yeah so i think um when i when i think about his draft position he's definitely creeped up into the top 10 conversation for my my own personal rankings I, I find uh positions 4 to 12 or even 13 is very very close in this year's draft class so far I'd put obviously Shane Wright, I still have as the unanimous number one. And then Logan Cooley and Matthew Savoy are tied around for second and third spots. But then when you go from four to 12, you have a bunch of names there that I could see going as high as four and as high as 12. Now, I don't think I I don't see Nazar going as high as like, let's say fifth overall. I can see him creeping into the, the seven to 10 kind of conversation. And I think he fits in. Uh, Pretty much where, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Cole Sillinger for Columbus went 11th or 12th,
0: yeah, uh, he last went 12th. year,
1: yeah. So I think that's where Nazar fits in. I think he, he fits in right in that kind of group, and I don't think it would be considered a reach at all picking him as high as, let's say, uh, number seven or eight or nine. Um, but if you, you know, you get him to fall down a little bit to number 12. I think that's where you, you he'll he could still be available, but um, this is a guy who his draft stock is rising as we speak. And, uh, you know, by the final rankings, uh, we'll see if more people, um, are going to give him more love or, uh, well, maybe his uh play will kind of stagger and maybe he will stay in the, the 10 to
0: 15 range. In a minute, I'm going to continue my conversation with Tony about Frank Nazar, but first, I want to tell you about built bar because summer is on the way and with summer you're going to need some food on the go built bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations you can throw them in your bags in your kids backpacks you can make sure that everyone has a bar so you are fueled for your summer adventures and the best part about built bars is they are healthy and delicious there is no more sacrificing delicious food for health with built bar you can have both it's easy all you have to do is go to built.com and order now all of their bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and that means you can eat healthy and enjoy doing it. They've got a ton of really great flavors. If you haven't tried the Built Puffs, they are a protein-infused marshmallow that come in incredible flavors, like banana cream pie, churro, uh, brownie batter. Like, they're, they're my favorite, and they're, they're going to be yours as well. So go to built.com to get all of your favourites: uh, banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate. So many more. They've got new flavours coming out all the time. Here's the best bit: if you use promo code LOCKED15, you can get fifteen percent off your order. Once again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for fifteen percent off at built.com. Yeah, something interesting that I uh, I found out when he was when I was like looking into it is it looks like he's committed to the University of Michigan. For next yep. season. So, uh, I mean, that right there, I think is, a, is probably a good sign. We love to draft uh, players from the University of Michigan, mm-hmm. and he could potentially be playing with uh, Ken Johnson next season, depending yeah. on, you know, whether Ken Johnson Goes to the NHL, the AHL, yeah. wherever. Um, but I know this, this, this is supposed to be a, a profile on on Nazar. We're going to get back to talking about him in a minute. But mm-hmm. I feel like every time, you know, you mentioned that you still have Shane Wright, number one, on, on your board. I mm-hmm. feel like I keep seeing stuff on Twitter about, wow, people are, re- are rethinking Shane Wright as the, as the number one overall pick. But I can't actually find anyone who says that they're doing that themselves. All of the the scouting people that I've talked to have been like, yeah, Shane Wright's still number one on on my board. So like, how
1: yeah.
0: how does how does that happen? For you know, just because he had a, a, a I don't even want to say a subpar World Juniors, they played like two games, um, yeah. and that was enough for people to be like, wow, maybe he's not good enough to be the first overall. So mm-hmm. like, as, are people just kind of overthinking it? Is it some kind of weird? Um, some kind of weird like uh, mandala effect where people are like mm-hmm. uh oh, people are saying that he's not good or uh, i don't know like can you like is there is the yeah. this question got away from me very fast but like why are people saying that shane right shouldn't go first overall when it seems like everyone that i've talked to who actually knows prospect is like no yeah he's still the consensus first overall pick
1: mm-hmm yeah, I think um, you know I, I completely understand um, you know what you're getting at because I, I see it every day as well and and see tons of scouts in the community um, you know some of them debating saying it's a it's a two horse race between uh, Shane Wright and Logan Cooley uh, some of them saying he's still unanimous number one I, I will say me and and uh, our director of scouting Dan Stewart at Draft Pro Hockey we both agree that he is still solidified as the number one spot. But I think the reason why people are starting to consider, well, maybe he's not the best prospect in this draft class is because he has exceeded expectations and has has exceeded his level of play every level he's, every level and every season, um, except for maybe this year, even though he's over a point a game, And he's, you know, undeniably the most valuable and important uh, forward on the uh, Kingston Frontenac's uh, uh, team. But um, what we're seeing from Shane Wright is maybe less of a wow factor. And that's what I'm hearing. Um, when When you thought of Shane Wright, you saw how amazing his rookie season was. As an underager, after getting uh, granted exceptional status to play in the OHL a year early, he was lights out good. He was scoring at will, um, and he just—he looked like he was already dominating it. And now it looks like his play has kind of staggered. And I probably shouldn't say probably—it has His play has staggered, and we're not seeing him maybe dominate as many games as normal. He's still getting his chances. He's still creating his chances. But the thing that is most important. In my opinion, Shane Wright's game is his elite two way and off puck instincts for him to be kind of like and he's being compared to Patrice Bergeron many times. And I I firmly believe that is the type of player he is kind of uh, Patrice Bergeron, where I think some people thought you looked at Shane Wright and you thought a superstar in the making. And maybe he's not, maybe he's just going to be a really good first line forward and elite player like Patrice Bergeron. I think Patrice Bergeron is a very good player and that, you know, any team would be lucky to have Patrice Bergeron, but is his talent up there with the, uh, the Austin Matthews or the Connor McDavid's McKinnons, you would, you would argue, no. And I think that's where Shane Wright is now falling to, uh, with his play this season.
0: God, hockey is such a weird sport. When you when you, <laughs> you look is. at this guy, that's like, oh, he's going to be Patrice, but he could be Patrice Bergeron. We don't like that. We want him to be better. Like I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I've I've watched a lot of Bruins games in my time, and mm-hmm. you know, perennial Selkie candidate Patrice Bergeron. Um, yeah. Why would you Why would you be be mad about that? In a minute, I'm going to finish up the conversation with Tony Ferrari about Frank Lazar, but. First, I've got to tell you about BetOnline.net. They are your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Obviously, the playoffs is about to kick off. So if you want to put some money on, I don't know, the St. Louis Blues winning it all or the Nashville Predators or the New York Rangers or, you know, pick an underdog because you're more likely to win big and uh, you can root for chaos that way, which is a lot more fun. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season, as well as, as I said, hockey playoffs, which, let's be honest, is why we're all here. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting, wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action, because Online is where the game starts. To kind of steer the conversation away from where i where i dragged it back to Mm nazar do you think he will benefit from this being a a slightly weaker draft Uh, because again a couple of the a couple of the the prospect guys i've talked to obviously last year was a a pretty weak draft comparatively Mm -hmm. and they're kind of saying to say that this draft is also looking to be a little a little poor and you said obviously you know between four and twelve are kind of not interchangeable but any one of those guys could kind of go anywhere in that yeah. in that mm-hmm. segment of the draft So do you think that, that Nazar is gonna benefit from from that because I feel like um, you know to to bring up last year's draft again uh, Kent Johnson I feel like benefited from it being a slightly weaker draft than yeah. than normal. I think Ken Johnson is a phenomenal player and he's been killing it at the University of Michigan. But I think he probably wouldn't have gone fifth overall in like the, the draft mm-hmm. before that, let's say. So do you think Nazar is kind of in that same boat of taking advantage of, of a slightly weaker draft to go higher up?
1: Uh, I, I would say so. I think the, the biggest thing with this year's draft class, and I think you could say maybe a bit of the same thing with last year's class, but I think a lot of uh, these players missed out on valuable year, uh, valuable time of development because of the COVID-19 virus. Obviously, you're going to point to the OHL players um, and say they lost out an entire season, so their development is maybe at a slower pace right now, but I think what that can also uh, be in favor towards is you know someone else could elevate themselves while other people are struggling and they're developing a little slower where maybe Nazar is developing faster right now and he's showing why he should be considered a top 10 selection and a, um, a consensus top 10 selection so I think you know, because of how close to, they are together and some players look like they are um, still, they're, they're definitely, I mean, every player is developing obviously, but I think, you know, it's not as high end as we see, uh, we've see we seen in previous years, that's, that's for sure. But I think this can definitely benefit Nizar and I think, you know, I think I alluded, it, alluded to it earlier. Nizar is one of those players that has, for me, elevated his game this year to make me say I have to move this guy up in my rankings like he has been that good and every time I watch him he's doing something that makes him stand out and at the end of the day as a scout as an evaluator and even as really a fan that's what you love to see in a player
0: yeah for sure so I was talking to um Mikhail Holm of of smart scouting about this and we kind of talked about Prospect that sometimes, like you look at a prospect and you think, okay, this is this is a what you have, and then you look at another prospect and you think, okay, there's room to grow here. Do yeah. you think that that Nazar falls on on one side or the other of the debate? So, kind of a, a known quantity or more of a kind of a I, I use the term high risk, high reward to, uh, yeah. to describe them. Where would you say that Nazar kind of falls on that spectrum?
1: Uh, I would say. He's probably about in the middle. I mean, I I would not classify Nazar as a high-risk, high-reward type of pick. I think he for sure has top six NHL upside, and he has the potential to to come in and and, and be an impactful winger and potentially drive uh, the play um, at the NHL level. Um, I think also going to the University of Michigan, which is just turning out to be a an insane program and, and school to go to if you're an NCAA commit, I think that's really going to help Nazar. And obviously he's going to be playing with more skilled players and he's going to be playing with a better team um, or a, a really good NCAA team, I should say. And I think that, that will help him. So, I, I mean, I think Nazar, you're not getting that risky of, you're not getting that risky of a pick. Um, there's still room, uh, there's still room for him to develop, especially considering, you know, he's not the, He's not the biggest of uh, players. Uh, He's around 5'10 and maybe around 170 pounds or so. So he's still got room to grow into his body, develop, and um, physically mature. That will make him a bit harder to knock off the puck. And and that's what he's going to have to have at the NCAA level even. And then obviously as he goes to the uh, NHL level.
0: And that's all I've got for you today. Uh, apologies for not getting a uh, a break of a breakdown of last night's game out, but I wanted to bring you something and uh maybe a, l- a lot of new listeners in the last month might not have gone back and listened to some of the prospect profiles with the draft lottery coming next week. I think this is going to be uh very very timely, so I'm going to try and get as many up as I can. So I thought I would start with uh, with this one, who's a prospect I'm particularly excited about, and uh, hopefully you guys have enjoyed it. I have been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find the podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jackets on Twitter. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at bluejackets at gmail.com. Once again, thank you for making this your first listen or your first watch of the day. Locks Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and also on YouTube. I, uh, I appreciate you. And until Monday, make sure you stay. Locked on.